hour. So this is Michelle. I'm one of the moderators in case we have some new people here this evening. Um, so I'm going to just get started if it's okay. And what I thought that we do, because we're having a, a larger group than, than I actually anticipated. So after I give a little introduction, what I'm going to do is I'm going to call each person individually by name. And this way, everybody will have a chance just to say a few, you know, thoughts that they had about the book. Because I know sometimes when there's a large group, it's kind of hard to break in. So let me just give you a little information um, about the author. And I'm going to go through some of the main characters just to refresh everybody's memory about their names. So this is the Fiction Old and New Book Group. And tonight is Friday, October 5th. 2018, and tonight we're discussing Celeste Eng's uh, second novel, which is called Little Fires Everywhere, and just to give you a little information about her, um, she was actually, she grew up in Shaker Heights, Ohio, so if you've read the book, you should be familiar with that location, and she attended uh, college at Harvard. And she currently lives with her husband and, I believe, her son in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And her first novel, um, Everything I Never Told You, was was a pretty big bestseller. And this book as well has, has you know, had okay. a lot of acclaim and had a lot of best. <sighs> okay, okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just continue now. So uh, I'm going to just go through some of the characters. Somebody hit uh, star six to mute yourself, please. We're hearing you. Thank you. Okay. So one of, one of the main characters is the mother, Elena Richardson, and her husband, whose name I, I don't know if we ever know what his name was other than Mr. Richardson. And they had four children. The oldest was Lexi. The second was Trip. The third was Moody. And the youngest was Isabel Izzy. And then Mia Warren is the other mother who came to town with her daughter, Pearl Warren. And um, Brian was um, Lexi's boyfriend. And then there was Linda and Mark McCullough, who were the adoptive parents of the baby. Then Baby Chow was the birth mother of the baby. And then the child was either Maribel or Mei Ling. And then Ed Lim was the lawyer. So those were some of the main characters. Um, and also there was Mia's brother, Warren, who we never met but who had passed away. And that's where she got her, her original maiden name was Mia Wright, and then she took the name Mia Warren when she left. So I have a list of, I hope, most of the participants at least, so I'm going to just call one by one, and we'll give everybody a chance to just say a few words about the book. So um, I think, LaDon, you were here first, so why don't you start us off? Okay. I had a hard time getting started with this book. I didn't like it at all. I kept going to sleep on it, and I had to rewind and get it started. But after I got it started pretty good, it started being a lot better. And in the end, I liked the book a lot for three reasons. One was the moral message of the book, which was mind your own business. Mind your own business and you won't be minding mine. And uh, she didn't mind her own business and bunted it. And that's Mrs. What's-Her-Face again. 
Richardson? Richardson, yeah. Richardson. Uh, Mrs. Richardson uh, butted into other people's business. And it turned out really bad for almost everybody. And so that was one reason. And the next reason that I oh, really liked the book was because I'd like the three, three quick reasons. The next reason was that it was uh, the ending. The ending did not end like most books that like this do you know sometimes the authors get to the end and it's just oh how can i bring all these things together and uh it didn't end well so that was kind of a surprise and the last thing was a little thing that i picked up was that pearl was had something in common with jesus she was the daughter of a virgin mother and i thought that was really interesting Okay, so um, I'm, first of all, I'm just going to say hi to Randy and Liz, just to acknowledge to you that I'm aware that you're here. So what we're doing is we're going to, because we have a, a, an unusually large group, we're going to just go one by one in the beginning, and everybody will say what they thought of the book, and then at the end, then I'll, I'll say what I thought. So I think you were here, Shell, early as well, so why don't you go next? Well, I love this book. I haven't read um, Celestine before. I didn't read her first book. And I was um, hooked right from the start. And I, I loved all the characters in it. And um, I really liked... I mean, it was such a shame that they got involved with these Richardsons because they were a pretty ruthless family. And um, I liked the mother. She was very... She reminded me of Mrs. Soprano from The Sopranos. Uh, she was going around heavy and all her friends. And, um, and she was such a out for what she could get woman she was horrible but really all the family apart from izzy and the dad they were all really out for what they could get and um it was quite sad at the end though i, I did think it was quite sad that they had to leave um you know uh, but it was very touching all the photographs that were left on the table and i i thought that was very good the description of the photograph for each person and i did hope in the end that izzy did find them because i think she fitted in much better with mia and the family rather than the Richardsons. Okay, that's great. Um, how about you, Alan? What did you think of the book? Uh, yeah, uh, I had a hard time getting into it at first, too. I, I guess the fact that it started with the, the fire threw me off a little bit. I, I got a little confused, I guess. But kind of like LaDon, after, after it settled down and started telling the story and stuff and giving you the background stuff, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I liked the... Uh, I really liked Mia a lot. Uh, uh, she, she was she was a really good character, I thought, and uh, 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 I, I I really I really liked Mia as much as I detested Elena Richardson. I really couldn't stand that woman, but uh, uh, but uh, yeah, it was it, it was well done, and and, and I, I kind of liked the way it kind of left the ending hanging there too. It, it wasn't your typical wrap it up in a neat bow kind of ending, so gives us plenty to talk about i think so yeah i enjoyed it so thanks and what about you david what did you think i thought the application of police was fascinating the i when i finally realized that we were in 1997 1998 not 2018 it was really interesting it was nice not to see cell phones and smartphones every five seconds i unlike some of you i didn't like mia i started to at first because hmm. So interesting. She was so bohemian. She was so exotic. But I found that that woman was devious, that she basically 
stole, lied to her surrogate parents and basically ran away, that she kept her daughter from knowing her natural, her biological father. She kept her daughter from knowing her grandparents, in other words, Mia's parents. She um, didn't take any money from the photographer, which was why she even did the surrogate thing. If she had gotten over some of that pride she had, she struck me as very prideful. I, I like that she was creative. She could live on a dime. I'll give her that. You could put her anywhere in the country and she'd live on a dime, but she couldn't settle anywhere. And I don't know how that's good for her daughter. Her daughter never got to make attachments. And even at the end, when she did, said, okay, got to go now. And the daughter said, oh, okay. And so they were left again, like they did every year. And I thought most of the characters in the book were not, were characters I found fascinating but that I couldn't get close to. The mother, as you all have said, was very, you know, meddlesome and thought she was holier than thou because she had grown up third generation Shaker Heights and that bestowed a status on her. That was nearly divine. um, She also, uh, I thought Pearl was interesting, but I didn't care for her hopping in bed with the brother Trip, and, you know, basically the other brother had to do some growing up very quickly. Lexi could be fun, but she had a to-the-manner-born attitude that I didn't care for. And naturally, she could do all her homework in a half hour, and she'd go to Yale. And she and her African-American boyfriend had to do some very fast growing up as well. So I did find the novel interesting. I would recommend it to people. But I couldn't tell you that I completely liked the people. I wouldn't want to meet them. Okay. Um, how about you, Carla? What did you think of the book? I liked the book a whole lot. Um, I didn't have trouble getting into it at all. And there are a few things that stood out in my mind was the symbolism. Little fires everywhere. Well, there were the little fires that Izzy sat, uh, set on everybody's beds. And there was um, also a... Um, oh, I hate when this happens. All A, mute your phone, please. I, I can't mute my phone. She's talking. No, the te- no, the microphone. Uh, you know what, Paula? Do you want to? It's a house phone. Do you want to come back to you? Had to, come, I guess I can pull it off. It's over now. Okay, I wanted to say what I was going to say. In yes, phone. Carla. No, go continue, Carla, please. Boy, that really ruined my train of thought. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. okay. Don't Anyhow, worry about um, it. When I start the you were saying fires. you like the symbolism of little we're fires. About little fires. Yes, because there were all the little fires that she set on the beds, but then there were the little fires in, of the incidents that were happening in the book, like um, <laughs> the hidden um, abortion and, um, you know, the, the hidden thing that um, Mia, um, you know, ran away from the, 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 you know, the parents that she was going to be surrogate to. And, and just, you know, just there were all kinds of little other little fires that never got put out. And um, as far as the characters were concerned, um, uh, Mrs. Richardson, um, my biggest fault with her was she didn't have any time for her daughter. I think this would have been a very different book, and maybe there wouldn't have been a book if she had mothered um, Izzy. I think think Mia was a better mother to Izzy and Lexi than Mrs. Richardson was. And um, the other symbolism that I, I, I saw was lost babies. There were lost babies was another theme of this book. Lexi's baby was aborted. Um, you know, um, the surrogates, the Wrights lost their baby because Mia ran away with her. Um, and then, um, you know, just all these lost babies. 
And then finally, I would just want to say that the ending was phenomenal. It sort of reminded me, again, I keep coming back to the Sopranos, where you can sort of write your own ending when they start playing Don't Stop Believing, and you don't know if the, and then, it, you know, it's absolutely silent, you know, if he shot his brains out or what. We don't know um, if, um, I, I saw a change in Mrs. Richardson, the fact that um, she was hard as a rock, hard, her heart of stone, but then, she did, um, she softened there at the end because um, she was going to find her daughter. And you wonder if she didn't, and there might have been some reconciliation. And finally, I'm going to say the symbolism of recycling. You know, there was a lot of not only um, Mia's recycling, but I liked how when she pulled together that envelope of folders, she took something from each of the Richardsons yeah, that was that meaningful was cool. to them. You know, just little bits and pieces of things that other people threw away. And then came up with these photos. Photos. So I think it was a phenomenal book. Oh, great! I'm glad to hear that. What about you, Danielle? Oh my God! I enjoyed the book. I I could not put the book down. Um, I was just my. I don't have a favorite character. I didn't like Mrs. Richardson. I thought she would. She needed to get her just rewards, especially when she went accusing that girl Pearl when it was really her daughter who actually had the abortion. She just needed her bubbles busted. Um, <laughs> and um, Mia, I was like shocked that she took those people's child. That wasn't actually her child, and um, she stole. You know, and I guess she had to keep running to keep the lie from being told, but eventually like, like all lies do, it caught up with her. Um, I do hope that Izzy found her because I think she found uh, her tribe. She found the people that she belonged with and um, I just, I, I enjoyed everything about the book and I that's my first book by Celeste Ng. My favorite scene was when they put the toothpicks in all the locks I was anxious about what was happened with that. That was hilarious as heck. Um, and um, I was surprised that Pearl let Lexi go on ahead and use her name. I don't know how I would have felt about that. I think I would have. Um, and, yeah, that was my take. I just really enjoyed the book, and I enjoyed the symbolism, like Carla said. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, how about you, Randy? What did you think of the book? I read this book several months ago, and when I first started reading it, I thought, oh, I really like this, and I got right into it. It, it held my attention because of the fires and the family dramas, and the characters were very well developed, but I have to agree with everybody else. I did not like... Mrs. Richardson, and I really felt bad for Izzy because she was she was the forgotten child, and it seemed like she was the one that had to struggle, and she was the one that nobody understood. But I just, as it went on, I kind of got a little tired of it, and I I started to not like it as well, but. I liked um, Mia, and yeah, I I could see why she 
gave up why she didn't let Pearl see her parents. Her parents kicked her out when they found out she was pregnant and she was going to give it up to a surrogate. And then she ended up not giving it up to a surrogate. I can't imagine any mother, any pregnant woman being willing to give a baby up to a surrogate and and walk away. So I don't fault her for that. And I liked Pearl. I just, I thought, I thought they were people that just, there are people who just live like that. They move from one place to another. And I, it just, I liked them and I liked um, Izzy. And I hope she did find them in the end and stay with them. And I hope Mrs. Richardson lost. I hope she she learned some lessons, but I don't know. She just seemed like she was a hard nut to crack, and appearance was what mattered to her, not people. Okay. And money. Um, how about you, Liz? What did you think of the book? I really liked the book. Um, I thought it was a delicious mess of real people. Um, it was one of those books that I didn't really like the care. You know, uh, Mia, okay, yeah, she went through some stuff, but I think I really had a hard time with her wanting her daughter to attach, promising her, and then ripping her up. Not, I mean, she, I don't know. It, 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 I really enjoyed the book and, and because it wasn't this everybody was multifaceted. You know, there were things about them that you liked. There were things about them that you didn't like. And I really liked the way I'm, I'm usually one for a nice ending. That's all wrapped up nice and neatly. I loved the way this book ended um, because I think that it gave the Richardsons. Um, first of all, I was appalled that the whole family not only treated Izzy the way they did, but it seemed like it was there was a lot of permission for for them to label her the creep, the weirdo, the you know. Mrs. Richardson seemed to have it out for Izzy from the day she was born, um, and didn't seem to. I mean, I can't imagine a parent sitting there and allowing the siblings to talk about and to Izzy the way they did without intervening. Um, so I had a hard time with that, um, but. I enjoyed the book. In fact, I think I would definitely like to read some more from this author because, it, again, it wasn't this sweet little "you have good boys, you have you know you have good people, you have bad people." Everybody was a delicious mess of reality. That's all I could think of. Good point. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm going to go on to the next person. I'll just say that I did read her first book, "Everything I Never Told You," which is a little different than this story. There's more of a mystery element in it, but it's also a suburban type of story as well um okay we have a couple more people to go um what about you bob i don't think we've heard from you yet well uh, some great things were said about this book i must say when i started it it was it was a struggle to start it i said what i knew the fire okay that was all right but then they they flashed back and started telling all the stories uh very dysfunctional people of course i agree with you about mrs richardson I think the law, the husband was Bill Richardson, who defended the McCullers. I feel terribly sorry for the McCullers. What did you have, seven miscarriages or something? Uh, they went through the legal procedure, and then the mother, just like um, just like Mia did, 
but it, but the mother was even worse. The adopt the adoption went through, and she took the kid and headed for Canton or whatever, wherever and got out of there. Um, I think we're hard on Mia. I think there's a a program that you, I used to hear as a youngster. One, one man's somebody's fighting me here. So, somebody want to mute? Alt, alt six, you're coming through here. Okay, um, star six, whatever. All day. Um, anyway, there's a program called One Man's Family. Mia reminded me of Paul Barber because she was she was a she became a very wise woman, a woman of few words, a mother to Izzy. She she was a mother to Izzy and Lexi when Lexi, you know, came in there and, and uh, they all figured out what happened with Lexi. I thought the collage that Mia left the family was just brilliant what the author did there. Uh, you know, even a credit card showing Lexi's name and using Pearl's name on the abortion and the whole thing. I thought that was fantastic. I don't know. Uh, as I remember, some of you are really hard on Mia, but she did ask her daughter, all right, you know, I'm going to tell you the story. This is why we're going. Do you want to see your grandparents? She says, maybe someday. Do you want to see your, your, uh, you know, the Ryans, your, your father, and it wasn't just um, Ryan, uh, whatever his name was, the man, uh, Ryan. Uh, it wasn't just his child. It was Mia's as well. She's the surrogate. And uh, that happens. It's a risk you run. And Mia was young, and she kept the little girl. But uh, Pearl, even there, said, let's wait someday. So it isn't that, yes, some said she's a liar, that she kept them away and all that. But Pearl made that final decision. So on the whole, I think it was a good book. I didn't like the ending. I like them tighter than that but that's okay it was a good choice thank you okay um we have a couple more people we're almost almost done with everybody um how about you bonnie what did you think of the story well like you i did read everything i never told you and how can you not love a book called everything i never told you great title probably one of the best i've ever heard of but i like that book better than this one not because I lived through a fire, although fires are hard for me to read about sometimes, but because I just did. I I loved both, though, and uh, I enjoyed this book very, very much. What I really like about it, I think, especially is the different pictures of motherhood you get. Because even the worst mother, uh, which Mrs. Richardson really probably truly was, I don't think any of us would argue with that, was really trying to be what she thought she should be, uh, mistakenly. And she probably had a lot of reasons for choosing to be the way she was. And because she was so busy being it, I don't know that anybody really thought about what took her there or what brought her there. But we're all brought to whatever we choose to do by circumstances that happen to us in our lives, things we either have or didn't have or something we feel we have to make up for. And there's a, as I was reading this book, I was thinking about, uh, there was an old phrase, something about how we always dream for our children. We want greater things for them than we want for ourselves. We dream through them. I think the mistake that Mrs. Richardson made was that whatever she wanted for her children in terms of appearance and circumstance and power was uh, she never really got to know them in the sense that she knew what they wanted. So it was all about, in the end, what she wanted. And whether you flee with your child or whether you take a stand for your child and stand up for your child, there are, in this book, I think there were so many terrific pictures of motherhood, 
every kind, you know, every kind of mother you could possibly have, uh, you know, heroic, scared, um, cowardly, uh, ashamed, whatever it is that, that anyone felt, <clears throat> I think you really get the true picture of motherhood here and all of the struggles that go with whatever reason someone has become a mother, whether you're a surrogate, whether you chose to have a child. Um, and I don't know of any author that has ever done that kind of subject um, the, w with as much uh, grace and uh, maturity and understanding as Celeste Ang certainly did in this. <clears throat> I think she's really good at developing her characters. The only question I have about what she did is, uh, I sense sometimes that her male characters are sort of, uh, well, I don't know that I'd say that they're undeveloped, and I and it could be that maybe they're just sort of figureheads, and maybe she was really saying that women really run homes and run families, and that that's why Mrs. Richardson and why the women in this novel were so powerful in the end, no matter what their circumstances were. But I felt that Mr. Richardson was sort of, well, just, wasn't all that much there. He had a very powerful, domineering wife, and so maybe that was why. But I, too, liked the um, collage. I thought that was really terrific, saving something that touched me deeply. And that's all I have to say, but I think it had so much to say about motherhood that's just incredible. And that was my take on it. Okay. And how about you, Nancy? What did you think of the story? Well, okay, I read this book a long time ago, and so there's probably a lot of, of it that I don't remember as, uh, you know, as such. Um, I did, before um, we came on here, I looked up the annotation to sort of re remember, refresh my memory. Um, but I did like the book. I also read her first book and liked, I liked both of them I, uh, roughly equally. They were, there were two different stories to, to compare the two, at least for me, I, I liked them both for different reasons. They were completely different stories. Um, but I, uh, no, I didn't like Mrs. Richardson either, uh, Elena. No, I don't think anyone did. But, but you know, Bonnie was saying was she was the worst mother. Well, God, think of the worst mother. She wasn't the worst mother, but she just wasn't adequate. She just she was kind of out for herself. But, I mean, think of worst mothers who torture and abuse kids. I mean, they're, you know, that's a, you know, that, that's the worst mother. This is just a mother that was selfish and nosy and, you know, just not a particularly good person. But, but anyway, so those are my thoughts. Okay. Uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay, and Abby, are you able to yes. talk to us? Yes. Okay. Can you can you hear, can everybody hear me? Okay. Yes. yes. Oh, terrific! I was ha I had some difficulty getting in, and it turned out my audio settings on my computer wasn't set, so it was coming out of my headset. I'm okay. But anyway, here I am. We we heard okay. you though. We heard oh. you. Even though you can hear us. So. Oh yes, and I can hear you. Okay, perfect. Great. Well, all right. So the I was not really happy with the first chapter of the book where it goes to the fire and then it switches back in the second chapter. And I thought, oh, God, okay, I know how this is going to end. I'm not sure I want to finish this. But then I was curious, so I did continue on. And 
I did find the ending unsatisfactory, and I, of course, don't didn't like Mrs. Richardson either. And although Mia was a good mo- was a, you know a good mother to Isabel and, and Lexi, how she helped them out, she really was not a good person to start with. She was I thought she was very selfish and not you know uh, holding uh, keeping her promise to give Pearl to the uh, the parents. Uh, you know, because she could have got, and these parents have been trying, just like the McCulloughs have been trying to have a baby unsuccessfully. And Mia could have, you know, she could have just given her up, taken the money, finished her photography courses, gotten a job somewhere, maybe met a man and settled down and had a, and had a family. The same thing with the Chinese mother. I also thought she was selfish too, and I thought what she did was wrong to, you know, just taking the baby, you know, back to Canton, and then the McCulloughs had to wait another year, you know, maybe more to get another baby. And I, I don't, I don't think people who do that are very selfish and and think of just themselves. I think that is wrong. That's bad. Um, and I didn't like Lexi either. The way she, you know, made Pearl sign the the sheet to have the abortion, and so then naturally, then her mother would think Pearl did it, and you know, set that whole chain reaction into motion. So I, you know, I thought Lexi was also very selfish. There were some very selfish people in this book that I really didn't like, and I didn't like. I said the ending was just unsatisfactory to me. And I also did not like, I know there were parts of this book where, where during a, a very tense conversation, she would, you know, insert some narrative about what people were feeling. Well, it's pretty obvious from the dialogue what they're thinking and feeling, and she didn't really need to do that. So that's basically my take on the book. Thanks. Okay. Uh, well, this is Michelle. <laughs> okay, Michelle. I'm, 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 I have to say I'm a little exhausted from all this already. So I bet. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't hear from Don Quain, I don't think, Michelle. I think you called oh, yeah. everybody oh, about Don, Don Quain. I heard him come in, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to just talk, and then I'll go to Don afterwards since I just have my thoughts together. But thank you, Alan, for telling me about Don. Um, so I, a lot of you have talked about the, the two different mothers, so I don't think I'm going to rehash that since I, I think many of you have already talked about that. So I just thought I'd hit a couple of points, and then after Don talks, we can have sort of a general discussion. So one thing that I thought was very well done in the book was I thought it was sort of a good portrait of, of teenagers because there were different yeah. types of, oh, yeah. of teenagers in the story. You had, you know, Lexi and Trip who were like the popular teenagers and, you know, and then you had Mia and um, Moody who were a little bit more sensitive, a little more introspective. And then you had Izzy who... I, had had some troubles. She definitely did. And I felt that maybe, you know, no one was really looking out for her that that much. And I can see why she gravitated a lot towards towards Mia because she thought Mia was, you know, would, would understand her a little bit better. And she was the one that I worried the, the most about. Um, another thing that I thought was really interesting in the story was the whole idea of living in this town of Shaker Heights and the way that the town was set up that you you know the garbage was was in the back of the house and they had yeah. that went in the back of the house and and you had to have your house painted a certain color and everybody had a certain very regimented way of living and some people thrive in that environment and some people find that environment very restrictive and then the third thing that I thought was an interesting issue a really interesting issue was you know what was the best interest of the baby in the situation was it to be back with her mother who I, I had a lot of sympathy for because I felt that she was, you know, the way that she described the situation where she didn't have enough money for formula and she was scraping out the feces and the diaper so she could use it again. I mean, that's, and she didn't know how to go on welfare. I, I had a lot of sympathy for her. But on the other hand, I had a lot of sympathy for the McCulloughs as well. So I thought she set up two very interesting 
uh, people that you could root for really both of them. So I would say for me, those were some of the interesting issues was the way the teenagers were portrayed living in this town of Shaker Heights and what was the best interest of the baby. So why don't we let Don uh, say what he thought of the book? Don Queen, is it? Yes. I, I hope you can hear me. I, we can. Uh, uh, I didn't uh, – I got started. I didn't like the book, so I kind of put it off till. And I was, I'm about halfway through it today. I got into it, though. It was really, uh, I kind of liked it this afternoon. I got reading uh, the characterization of the uh, mother, of course, uh, except for the money is all too familiar. A lot of cases I had as a caseload. But uh, um, they, this was a, a very interesting story. And um, I'm still, still reading it. I think. It's, it is an excellent portrayal of teenagers, so I, I think they yeah. do very well. Agree. So yep. why, don't, why don't we just open it up? Does anyone have any other comments that they'd like to talk about? I'm an Izzy fan, but I thought she was very rude to Mrs. McCullough. You know, why didn't you use her original name? Where you know, I know, I guess I come from the old school. <laughs> Yeah. Children should be seen but not heard. I mean, my, my mom right. would have stopped that right now, and Izzy was yeah. very rude. And that was one not – although I liked Izzy, oh, that oh. was not one of her great moments. Thank you. But didn't think you think that, that Izzy was kind of, – I thought besides – I didn't think she was rude so much as troubled. I, I did. Thought she was, yeah. I thought she was a very troubled person, yeah. and I thought she was a young girl that nobody was really helping or looking out for. So I, I worried about her, actually. But, Michelle, I, I did, too. They found her identity, though. I mean, unfortunately, when a kid is labeled as the troublemaker and weird and stuff, that's how they become so that they can continue to kind of, in a weird kind of disturbed way, that's how they get really in trouble. It's, it's, an, and, it's and, getting and, attention. It's their way and, to... You'd be recognized and right, but I nobody cared enough about Izzy to teach her. I mean, it, it that's just it, just that's the thing that they didn't care enough about Izzy to let her know that she was loved. Um, and so when you're not loved, you're just kind of whatever, I can do whatever I want because they don't like me anyway. Well, she's then, obviously- I that, then I wish that Mrs. McCullough had said, Young lady, it's none of your business. All these questions, thank you. True. She's obviously very, she was obviously very gullible or suggestible in that Mia said, sometimes you have to burn everything down and start over. And she took her literally. <laughs> and that, yeah. was that. And maybe with surrogates, they should do an open adoption sort of thing so that the surrogates, if remember. she chooses, can still have a part of the baby. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, I, I kind of like that idea too. I've heard of that before where you can, where you can, well, you can actually become involved with if the parents are willing like to be adoption. involved with the baby. You know? I have friends that did that with both of them. One at a time. One at a time. No. But they, they didn't want her to, you know, she wanted well, I know. to be involved, baby, but they didn't want her involved at all. They tried to keep her yeah, away and that's, from the Yeah, baby. and that's what I, I thought that was not right either. Yeah. I know they, they, they should have just, they should have considered that, you know, doing it openly and she could still, you know, see the baby whenever or maybe, you know, have scheduled visitation and that kind of thing. So, But maybe I missed something. Mrs. McCullough. The McCullers would not let her see the baby at all. Right? No, it they would. Out. Well, and, and, until um, you know, they had to. You know, when they when the suit was going through, of course, they were forced to, you know, to have the social worker pick her up mm-hmm. and and go with. You know, now that's another thing I didn't like about. Uh, she didn't really show 
uh, the BB's interaction with the baby. And so I got the impression that she really, you know, wasn't, you know, that maybe the baby wasn't, I don't know how she was interacting with the baby. You know, they, we talk about they still take you to the library and she goes and throws up and, and that kind of thing. But we don't show her, you know, holding the baby, you know, playing but, with her. But at the end of the and story. So, yeah, but I know, but that, I, I found that hard to believe. I found that hard to believe that, you know, that she would not cry out when her mother picked her up because I didn't know. We had no idea how the baby and mother were actually interacting during those scheduled visitation times. But the thing is that she didn't. She didn't really want the baby to have, to, you know, to be the person who comes and visits. She wanted to be the mother, and I yeah. think that was that was what was so interesting about this book is that you had a mother that was clearly overwhelmed, that was clearly in over her head, that was all alone in the world oh, yeah. and couldn't handle it. Yeah. And then you had a family that so desperately wanted to have a baby. Yeah. So both of them were so sympathetic. And, you know, at what point is it that the baby is living with the McCulloughs that you say it's just too much that she's with the McCulloughs, she can't go back? Because, you know, there's a thing like attachment disorder and all kinds of problems. If you take a child and you rip them from one person. And that's why I was so concerned about that the the mother just kidnapped the baby because, but then again, you know, Miss Linda says, well, she didn't even cry out, you know. Of course, maybe they just so sound asleep, they just didn't hear her, but I have a feeling not. Hmm. But she just didn't cry out. You know, when the, when, when uh, baby picks her up and carries her out, she doesn't cry or anything. So it's like she knows that this is where she needs to be. It's her, mm-hmm. that baby's her actual mother. Yeah, and I found that hard to believe because there was no way, you know, I don't see how she was interacting with baby before during the presentation times. You know, she could have had... That part seen... was never included. That was what no. was missing. But yeah. That's, but yeah. I, I felt very bad for both characters and yes. both mothers. I Had I been a social worker in that situation, I what? would have had a really tough time making that call. I would have had to have seen the baby with her biological mother and, right. you know, really worked with her. Can you really provide for this this baby now. Yeah. yeah. That's why I didn't like the story, I guess, in a way, because these stories are really heartrending and they're, they they yeah. do occur. And I've, yeah, they yeah. do. Yeah. Well, and then there's the question, you know, a lot of people might argue, well, they can, you know, the McCullough's can provide much better for her, but that's not the point. It's, it's no. you know, you can't vision. Moving to the end of the book, uh, I thought that um, Mia didn't have to move out and leave. All through uh, Pearl's life, she had been doing her business and then rooting up and and, uh, and moving because she knew that Pearl's father was rich and he would want the baby. So she was on the run all of Pearl's life. But there at the last of the book, she had finally had to sit down and tell Pearl the story of her birth and why they had always been moving. Okay, she had to leave the apartment, but she could have rented her a new apartment right. there. Now there was no reason because she said, well, do you want to meet your uh, biological mm-hmm. father? And right. so she could, so it was all open then. Uh, there mm-hmm. was nothing, no reason for to keep continue to run. And I was wondering just one more thing. Uh, I uh, thought that Mia was a virgin mother. Uh, did anybody, uh, did that... Virgin? No. Yeah, Mia was virgin. Somebody, right. no. somebody said that. No. Oh, yes. Somebody did. Yes, somebody yeah. did. Somebody, somebody did. did. But no. Yes, because right. Mia, Mia said she was so busy with her work 
that men didn't come into it. Right. And she only had sex with the baster, not right. with right. man. Yeah, not with so guy. Was actually oh, a guy. Oh, I see. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Very true. I, I, I didn't think about that. That's very oh, interesting. Yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. Uh-huh, interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, this is an example, in my opinion, of what happens when you have a troubled beginning or when you have unresolved situations, and this is why a social worker was so important. Um, there were so many unresolved situations that happened that people just had to try to live with for the rest of their lives, or at least for the duration of this book, that if they had been worked out, people might have made different decisions. And sometimes parents are as troubled as their children are. And that was a, another thing that really touched me about this book, because once you make a reputation or once you decide to embark on a certain course of action, it's really difficult to go back and undo what you've done. I remember having a conversation with my son one time who was a very troubled teenager, and he said, Mom, the kids won't play with me. And I said, Kevin, the kids will not play with you because you're too much of a risk as far as their parents are concerned. And the reason that they won't let their kids play with you is because you made a reputation that their parents don't like, and they don't want their kids to end up like you. And if you're going to undo it, you can't undo it in a moment. It will take a long time. And that's why it's so important to work out the problems that you have, uh, whatever it is, whatever has gone on in your life that you really feel you do have to work on, uh, because everybody's got a past and everybody's got stuff that has affected them and made them sensitive and uh, made them feel that they, they have an agenda or have certain reactions to situations. And the only way that you can really get past that is to work on those and so whether these people were rich or poor or whatever, they all had difficulties that they really hadn't resolved. And in a sense, they were passing them on to their children because if they didn't work them out, uh, they couldn't really know their children free and clear so that they could, could do the right things. And so then you ended up with uh, one troubled generation after another. Did you guys find Pearl to be a troubled teenager? And why do you think that she was attracted to Trip as opposed to Moody? No, I didn't find that. No, I, didn't. I didn't think no, that. No, I, I wasn't didn't either. Think, no. Considering what she didn't no. put up with. <laughs> I was kind of rooting for Moody, but he's so shy. You know, <laughs> Trip just pulled him over. He needed somebody strong yeah. who was going to be out there flamboyant um, and yeah. personality and was, all that. She was yeah. a teenage girl, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was a little yeah. bit of that bad boy athlete, you know. So, uh, yeah, she was a teenage girl, but no, she wasn't troubled at all. I, I, I don't think so. No. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Pearl had more sense than any of the other, yeah. most of the other people she in did. this book. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did. I thought I Moody was the nicest character in it. I really liked Moody. I thought he was really the sweetest character in it. I did too and felt bad for him. I, I, I know the girls, well, Pearl's a teenage girl, and yeah, I understand that, but I still felt bad for Moody because she pops in bed with the dumb jock brother. Those things happen to teen it, believe me. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah they do. They do it. You can deny it. He was it, too but... mature and responsible for it. She didn't want mature and responsible. She wanted to have fun. Yep, and mm-hmm. she did. Yep. I don't think, and Mia I don't think had... I don't think that Pearl really realized uh, 
how her boyfriend's brother really wanted her. I don't think that she was attuned to that. She didn't know that no. the brother knew no. that. Uh, I don't think Pearl knew it at yeah. all. She, did, she didn't knew. go for the brother. I don't know. Right, the younger brother. Sometimes no. girls don't no. say. You know, and I, well, but I can see, yeah, because I had the same thing with my, my, when my late husband proposed to me. I had no idea until he actually proposed to me. I mean, sometimes girls just don't pick up on it. And sometimes they do and they just don't say. Well, that's true. The quiet part. She to somebody that's opposite her because she was quiet and, you know, to herself pretty much. But at the end, Trip is kind of worried. Did she really like me or did she use me? If I remember the book, right, it, it's kind oh, of like yeah. he had to grow up a little too and get out of his, you know, it was time for him to grow up a little too. And I think he, he did a little bit. Yeah, I yeah, think he did too. I think there was a lot of irony in this book too. Definitely. Um, there was, you know, um, of course, um, Mia's remark to Izzy that sometimes you have to start over in a scorched earth thing and she sets fires. But yes. the other irony that I saw was how it ended um, when um, Mrs. Richardson was, was evicting Mia. She was like, well, how can you live like this and all this? How can you live in a place like this and all that? And then she ends up having to eat crow and eat in a place. Yeah, that yeah. was wonderful. That was good. That was really know, that was that was- good. Another thing that I like uh, that made the book good for me was the narration. Didn't you think the narration was quite d- well done? Oh, absolutely, it was. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. And I think that this Jennifer Lim, she must have been Chinese. Maybe she was part. Maybe had just Chinese. I mean, she didn't have an accent, but maybe she was the le- the last name. You know, made it sound like maybe she was. You know, she was Chinese. Hmm. Uh, Did you Chinese origin? Uh, he is a did you, did you, how did you find the fact that this was a town where people of different um, ethnicities lived well together? Because you had, like, um, Lexi's best friend right. was Asian. Black. Right. Asian. Her, her, best, her best friend was Asian, and her boyfriend was black, and nobody seemed to have a problem with that. Right. Yeah. And also, but then when it came time to have the court case... Um, Bibi's lawyer, Ed Lim, came from the oh. town, and he was Asian. And he took her case, and he, you know, wanted to to assert her rights. So, I, I I sort of felt like she was sort of playing both sides. Like she was saying, well, on the surface, everybody was getting along well, but maybe underneath, not quite as well as as it appeared on the surface. I think that's, this a, that's a good that's a good part. example in that. Brian's parents didn't really want him to see Lexi below the surface, but they were nice to her and everything. But I think uh, Michelle brings up a good point. There were a lot of things below the surface. It seemed to me like, it's like oh, that yeah. everywhere. It's true. Like, you know, it's true to I life that so. way. Mm-hmm. I, I think, think so. it was more like a Stepford community. I agree. I thought of I the mean, Stepford everybody's, everybody's skin color yeah, was I more of a that. class issue as opposed to a racial issue. As uh, long as you had a certain amount of income and a certain mm-hmm. amount of professional, yeah, right. then you belonged. But anybody outside of those realms were, yes. really was either a, an object of charity mm-hmm. or just don't, 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 you know, if we can Use you as a charitable case, and yes, that, that's why R- M- Mrs. Richardson was so suspicious of Mia because she yeah. was a foreigner, so to speak, and she was trying to infiltrate that community, mm-hmm. and that's why um, she was Mrs. Richardson was so suspicious of her. 
Well, you know, people that live in the big houses like Mrs. Richardson's, that was one thing. But the people that lived in the up and down homes, the hoi polloi, up down, that was a different thing. <laughs> it's only one door in the front, so you would only see that one person there. Only one door in the front that you had to go through to get into the hall with the two house doors on the inside. Again, it's all about appearances, folks. Mm -hmm. Uh I want people to know that there's rentals in our area. Yeah, those people that live in the up up, and the up weren't as good as the people that lived in the, uh, you know, in the big house. But wasn't the author, wasn't the author trying to show who's living the real life, Mia or Mrs. Richards? Oh, sure. Here she was. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She said, I and would. I'll take Mia's life any day. I would too. I yeah. would too. I don't know. Give me a little bit of money. I don't know. My <laughs> feelings. Good for you. Well, yeah, but I don't want Not everybody that has a little bit well, of money. At least you're honest. Yeah. Well, prices. Not everybody has a little bit of money. Is that show either? But yeah. When I was young, I would have been Mia older. I would have wanted to have the money. Oh, but Mia's life, Mia's, I, I mean, Mia was a much easier character to take, but I don't think I would want to have been Pearl being uprooted from town to town no, all the time and not, and not ever being settled. Um, no. So, you know, I mean, I think she was much more easygoing than Mrs. Richardson, but oh, I can yeah. see, I can, but I can see the appeal if you've been uprooted all the time that you come into a place and everything is organized and everything is very stable. You could see what attracted her to the Richardson family, definitely. I oh, think yeah. that maybe being uh, moved as much as she was and being well adjusted as she appeared to be could only happen in a novel. Probably. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> probably, probably, probably true. Yeah. Probably true there. I thought the court case was very rough, though. I mean, I, I thought the baby should have stayed with uh, its original mother, but I felt very sorry for Mrs. McCulloch when they were saying to her, you know, well, what sort of doll have you got and what sort of stories do you read? And, you know, it was very hard on her because she was trying to do her best. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, it was only a baby. It was a bit young to be knowing all that kind of thing. But it was... Well, um, no, it was very hard on her. Back then, back in the eighties and nineties, really, from what I've read, from about the the seventies on, there was a real push, especially in adoptions. There was a push for people who were of different races and different different ethnicities to have parents that when they tried to place a child for adoption, they placed, they looked for parents with the same ethnic background yeah. as the American Indian is a good example of that. And they don't, now, that doesn't happen as much, but back then that was the, that was so important and it's they lost, hard. I think, yeah, but it's hard to find adoptive parents. Well, American Indians that are minorities. Yeah. yeah, it's hard to find them now. Yeah. It yeah. is, but yeah, that was the push back then. Though up until mm-hmm. the last, I don't know, probably the late nineties. Now yeah. it's not as much. But Doesn't it happen in the Trump world. But it, but it, the, the thing Uh-oh. that's kind of strange about that to me is that, you know, I can understand like if you adopt a baby who comes from China and you and you say to the, you know, to the family, well, you should bring in some cultural elements 
from the Chinese culture. But the thing is that the baby really is American. I mean, it's going to grow yeah, up in right. America. And, you know, I, I've I met thought about plenty, that too. I mean, I've, I've met plenty, plenty of people here who are first generation Americans whose parents come from another country, but they were born here or they came here when they were very young. And, you know, they're as American as anybody else. So oh, yeah. It's so interesting I, to I me. Think what, yeah, I never agreed with it. I think what's really more important is that if you're going to adopt a child who's a different, who looks different from you, you need to be able to have a circle of friends with some of them looking like that child. That's a good point. Yeah. Very good. I I didn't agree with the way they shove the cultural heritage down people's throats. My nephew adopted an Asian, uh, they adopted a baby from China and they, I guess she goes to, uh, they have a, they do go to a group of other adoptees, shall we say, once a month or something. They have a, events, you know, so they yeah. have some cultural background and with other people that look yeah. like them. And, yeah. that, mm-hmm. and uh, she gets along very well in her regular school, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you have a well-incorporated life where, okay, I'm white, you might be black, but you know what? Auntie so-and-so over here is black, and her kids are black, and we mm-hmm. do. Yeah. Know, we, mm-hmm. we, we share our holidays. We share our right. lives so that you, this child doesn't feel like this anomaly, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, but yeah, the, the, yeah, they don't care about what happened back in China. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a, we have a, a person, a friend who's black. And I asked her a question one New Year's Eve. I was not drunk. I was sober. But I said, <laughs> you, I said, I said okay, let me finish. Do you feel difference? Do you feel a difference in that you're the only black person in our large circle? She says, yes, sometimes I do. Yeah. And absolutely. she was honest. She absolutely. was very honest about that. It's and a good funny. person. She fit in with everybody. But I, I level that. I don't know what. The circ- I don't remember the full discussion, but she was very honest. And we go through that as blind people, don't Thank you? Thank you. Gosh, that's yes. True. Yes. Yes. That's why I love these meetings. Definitely. I am black as well, and I find myself often in a mm-hmm. the only black person or the only one of maybe two or three. And you do feel different. I mean, I get along with everybody, and I've learned to um, Mm -hmm. blend, and that's fine. But there are certain things, you know, that you want to say that. And I didn't mean to, I hope I didn't offend you there, but I thought she was very honest, my friend. She helped me a lot by telling the truth about how she felt. Well, I think, you know, things like sometimes what it is, is you live in a place where it's very multicultural, but then you come in contact with people from other places and maybe it's not so multicultural there as well. So, you know, you have different faces sometimes in in different environments, but it was really interesting to me, the whole interracial adoption part of the story. And, you know, and this took place in the 1990s, like Randy said, and there was a very different attitude then than I think. I think it's a little bit more accepted accepted now than it was then. Yeah, I think so, too. As long as you can provide some sense of that child's identity, whether it's through friends or groups or play groups, whatever. 
what's our what, what's our uh, next book? Yes, and I, 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 I was just I was going to say I don't know if anybody has any final comments, and uh, then I'll be happy to tell you about the next book. You can talk. Interesting on discussion. Okay. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. All right. Um, so our next book um, is also a family story. Um, we, we try to do different genres in this group. I know some of you are, are relatively new to the group. And we, we tend to, it's called Fiction Old and New. And we do have some older fiction coming up because lately we've been doing a lot of new fiction. But we do try to do different types of genres here. We try to do family stories and contemporary stories and historical fiction. Sometimes we do a classic novel. And the book that we pick for November is called A Place for Us. And the so the author, oh, great. <laughs> And the, the author is and you'll tell me if I'm saying this right or wrong, Liz. Is it is it Fatima or Fatima? Most of the it's Fatima. Fatima, okay. Fatima. Fat, Fatima Farheen Mirza. I'm gonna spell it. It's F A T I M A middle name I think it's a middle name F-E-R-H-E-E-N. Last name is Mirza, M-I-R-Z-A. And the DB is 91422. And um, it's, it's a longer book. I know, I know sometimes people, you know, like myself, go to multiple book groups. And I do try to pick books that are shorter. But this book I really thought would be interesting for the book group. So it is about 16 uh, hours. So it's, it is a longer you know, book. It was at How, five, How long did you say? I'm sorry. So sixteen hours. It's yeah. about sixteen hours. Oh my goodness. Oh, I thought so you said sixteen. It is a longer it is a longer <laughs> book and I know many of us go to multiple book groups, so I can certainly understand if, if people, you know, may not want to read this one if it's I've too long. A number already. What's it about? Damn it. It's about it's about an Indian family. Um, and if you know who I don't know if you if any of you are familiar with the actress Sarah Jessica Parker. Um, so she just started an imprint for one of the publishing houses, and of all the books that she read, this is the one that she published first. She wanted to start her imprint with this book, and it's gotten very, very high praise. Um, so again, it's called A Place for Us, uh, Fatima, Fer- Ferheen Mirza, and the DB is 91422. And the next time we're meeting is Friday, November 2nd which is four weeks from tonight at 8 o'clock p.m. And I'm very glad that everybody uh, was able to come in on the Zoom platform. I was worried, but it seems like everybody able to, to come in, and, and I'm glad that we had a really nice turnout this evening. And now, Randy and Alan and Don, if you guys want to mention the books for your group, we'd love to hear them. Yes, uh, 